We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Talking the team hailing from the mighty Waikato, it's Chiefs Mana with Ian Jones and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yeah, welcome into Chiefs Mana for your Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, I suppose it is by now, 7.34. Manaya um, and with uh, Ian Jones, Carmo Kitty joins me now. How are you, mate? Yeah, kia ora, Manaya, kia ora, listeners. Yeah, good. Nice to be in the studio with you, mate. Nice to be chatting code and, more importantly... Uh, once more, nice to be chatting a Chiefs win. Off the back of it, Chiefs got a fright though, you got to say. <laughs> well, we did at the end, but you know, all the way through that game, I know we're under the pump for the first kind of 10 or so minutes, but I always felt pretty much in control of that game, and I thought these guys know what they have to do. And been really good, not just the Chiefs, but all New Zealand teams, Manoa, we're clever coaches, man. We've adapted yeah. really quickly to take on the Aussies. You know, we looked back three weeks ago, whatever it was, and the Aussies had some success, and everyone goes far out. And and then um, we just adapted, and we understand how to take on the Aussies, and the, the Chiefs were looking pretty good until they weren't, mm. and they'd try right on half-time, and then from another attack era, and I guess that's one of the, the key things we're going to have to look at the last three weeks for the Chiefs, those attack errors, you know, poor passing or, or drop ball, and they they get another try, and all of a sudden they get 14 points in like a six-minute spell, and you think, Jesus, that's... <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this up because... Where'd that happen? And, you know, a lot of coaches, I mean, I, I, I can only attest to uh, up to under-18 level, but certainly um, the the key areas where you don't want to concede a try is either side of half-time, yeah. right? And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. A couple of handling errors, as you mentioned, just a little bit rushed, thrown passes to, to no-one, it seemed... Um, what do you what do you attribute those kind of errors to? Well, it was those attack errors that that often and and you got to make your own luck in, in, in football, right? So you got to absolutely congratulate the Melbourne Rebels for taking their chances. But mm. a lot of those were I wouldn't say against run of play, but the the, the Chiefs were in control and mm. they make those mistakes and the bounce of the ball went the intercept try and a couple of bounces go to the Rebels way and all of a sudden there was as I mentioned those fourteen points. I think those things can be polished up. And I think if we get back to, what do you put it down to? I think it's patience, absolutely patience. And, and, and the Chiefs look better, and most New Zealand sides against the Aussies, but the Chiefs in particular look better when they can string multiple phases together. Mm. And multiple phases actually apply pressure, and then once you have the discipline and patience to, to go those multiple phases, create uh, opportunities. And the more I look at this, and the more I look at this era we're living in, Manaya, which is really defence-driven, you know, these big lines of of, of defence, and they just come up either side of the ruck in waves and waves, and it's really hard to penetrate. Mm. The more I look at it, and this is why I love what the Blues are doing, but hopefully this is kind of where the Chiefs can get at. The more we attack down the middle of that ruck, so the middle of the paddock is where I'm falls in that situation, what happens with the defence, Manaya, then they have to start folding in to mm-hmm. to uh, uh, counter the the straight attack, when they fold in, they leave opportunities on the outside. Yeah, and that's when getting that balance of attack, attack, straight, going wide. I mean, it's, uh, and that's where I think we New Zealand teams are going to get. And that's where honestly, I think the winner of this competition keeps saying it. They've got to be ambitious, got to be bold, got to be inventive. And for me, that's where 
the opportunities are. And got to be direct. I, I guess uh, one of the uh, TV analysts that I was listening to this afternoon was was saying that the Brumbies kind of saw, or I guess tried to show the other Australian teams that you can sort of kick over the top to the Chiefs and put, puts them under a lot of pressure. And, and even the Rebels on the weekend had a little bit of success with that, putting that high bomb up. And then I think Reese Hodge got through um, for one of those. Do you think that that has been a weak spot for the Chiefs this season or...? No, I mean, is that just how the Brumbies play? Yeah, how the Brumbies play. And I think New Zealand teams, once again, will get really smart. If they start doing that right, I mean, very quickly the Chiefs or all New Zealand sides will start kind of adapting to have a second wave of of attack lines that become like a defensive wall. Mm -hmm. You know, so two or three players kind of standing in front of the the ball receiver, the attacking players have to run around them, not kind of through them. And that just gives you that opportunity. So keep saying we are smart, our, our coaches, and we will adapt very quickly uh, to those opportunities if that's the way the Australian teams want to try and attack us. Um, ultimately, mate, I, I absolutely know this in my heart of hearts, this, the semi-finals that we won Australian team and at the Brumbies, but this winner of the Super Rugby is going to come out of this country. It's oh. going to be New Zealand, this New Zealand final. Um, yeah. So we don't kind of have to worry about the way they're going to attack it. I mean, the biggest game for the rest of the, the tournament, isn't it? It's, it's this coming weekend, the Blues, uh, the Brumbies and, and Canberra. Yeah, the Blues get that done. We've almost got our top four um, sorted. So, so you, you're picking a Chiefs-Blues final then? No, I'm picking a Chiefs-Blues um, semi-final. Okay. Uh, and a Crusaders-Chiefs final. Wow. Uh, if we get the job done at Eden Park. <laughs> Powerful <laughs> stuff. We're, we're, we're looking a, a long, long way ahead. Um, the other thing, I guess, to come out, a couple of things to come out of that game we can touch on. Too. It'll be really interesting to get the listeners' feedback. Our scrum, the Chiefs' scrum is going good. Yeah. Our set phase is going great. And when your set phase is going great, you can just give uh, the attacking back, you know, Ioani, Kuntupai, them some really confidence that they're going to good, get good ball. Uh, the one, uh, Aiden Ross, fantastic. Yep. Man, I should have been impressed by him. The one technical thing, and we are going good in the lineouts, but one of our viewers to watch it next time, and, and I you know, wish I had the opportunity to, to chat to our guys, but um, Josh Lord's a good athlete, man. He's getting good off the top ball. But you watch him, it's it's quite frustrating to me because he gets great off the top ball and just picture the, the line out and picture the the the... the the dimensions More. of a rugby field in your head and where Brad Webber's standing, he's pushing it back, so back towards where the hooker comes to, to Brad Webber. Mm. Okay, what that does, it gives the tail gunners of the opposition a chance to fly up at 10, right? And he's dominating up there. He's, he can throw it anywhere he wants. What I'd love him to do is actually push it out. You want him to push it out because when you push it away, when Brad Wimmer catches it, he's actually taking out the tail gunners, the six and seven, right. whoever it is, from the opposition. So immediately they're out of play. Flat ball to Quinto Pyre, bang, he's just one-on-one with the, the, the defender. He's not having to worry about the, right. the, the tail gunners from the opposition. So Josh Lord is dominating the lineouts. There's no question about that. And he has the ability and absolutely athleticism to, to throw that ball wherever he wants. But if you think in your mind, if you push it out, you're taking away some defenders. And at, at the end of the day, Manoa, rugby's about, um, you know, if, if you have more 
players in motion than the opposition, you're going to win. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, speaking of how this game was won, the Rebels had uh, a penalty with, what, three minutes left on mm. the clock. They decide to go for, for the kick. Um, in the end, they left too much time on the clock. Do you think that was the right decision from a Rebels point of view? Do you think they just left the gate too open? No, I don't know. I mean, they felt it out there. They thought they had, you know, it was a four points to actually making the Chiefs uh, score a try. Mm. Uh, Chiefs, you know, for for good parts of the game, didn't look like they, in a three or four minute period, had the, had the discipline and patience to, to score a try. But because you mentioned that, can I just get back, man? And I don't want to bang on about this too much because we, we every, every week we talk about yellow cards, right? And yeah. it's just so freaking frustrating. And everyone goes, oh, it's in the rules. And I think, well, if it's in the rules, why don't we change the damn we rules? Change the rules. <laughs> <laughs> or why don't we just adapt the rules uh, to a country? But the, the, the Luke Jacobson yellow card, yeah. the thing that staggered me more than anything was when the referee, and I actually rewound it a couple of times to make sure I could hear what this dude was saying, goes, a head contact was avoidable. And I'm thinking, mate, in what world did you just see the situation wasn't avoidable? You know, two seconds before he made contact, he didn't even know the guy was going to get the ball. No. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden the guy got the ball and, and, and dropped. So to make it avoidable, what does he do? Does he like... Um, disappear? Does he drop <laughs> to the ground? Yeah. Does he? It's it's a rugby head clash. Yeah. And, and then we go, oh, it's the rules, you know. That's the way we have to do it. Well, mate, let's change the rules, or let's have a referee that say, okay, um, it wasn't avoidable. <laughs> There's no yeah. way that was it's avoidable. Just incidental head it contact. just happened. No one's injured out of it. At worst, it's a penalty. Let's let's go with that. Did he have to talk himself into a yellow by saying, "Hey, it was avoidable"? Yeah, I can't understand that. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a rugby dude, and I'm going, "What's happening there?" That just happens. It just happens. Well, because particularly because what is he supposed to do? Not make that tackle? I mean, that's the entire point of. Well, he didn't even know he was going to make a tackle. Yeah, right. Because the dude didn't even have the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he had the ball. He's standing there. He makes a tackle. Uh, to, I can't understand, and this is why we—why we need referees to explain themselves, right? They need to come on and say it was avoidable because he had should have done. X, and y, you Z. tell me, mate, because I've played this game all my life, yeah, and I have no idea how that's avoidable. Well, on that on that note, you would have seen the one I was just talking about it with Jeff, the uh, the the red card in the uh, Highlanders oh, force game with the, with the a Kahui? head clash, yeah, a Kahui Dude, head clash. I mean. Oh, oh, this is what I said to Jeff, Red? was that this wasn't Brian Lima <laughs> no. in the early 2000s lining people up with the point of his head. You in, know? My, in my mind, a Red is a uh, uh, premeditated or ruthless, careless act. You're like, I'm coming and I'm <laughs> I'm punching you or I'm kicking yeah. you. I'm, I know what I'm doing, right? Not a rugby player. Not a, rug, not a rugby clash. Um, a professional foul. But anyway, man, we, we, we keep ranting. It's, it's every week. <laughs> We'll move on because um, until the laws are changed, or until our referees and, and our competition say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna change because mm-hmm. it's not working for us," um, we're gonna get these frustrations, and they are bloody frustrations, man. Because all of a sudden, you know, the rebels got down there, got, yeah, the, got the penalty, for sure. got through four points, and could have won it. 
it completely changes the outcome of the game, um, being down to the old 14 men. Uh, we're going to go to a quick ad break here on Chiefs Manor. Uh, on the other side of it, the big question that everyone's talking about this week, All Black selection is not far around the corner. The midfield, there's a couple of blokes in this Chiefs team who have put their hands up for it. We'll discuss that. Plus, Warren Gatlin's heading over to the USA. We'll get uh, Ian Jones' thoughts on that after these ads. Welcome back into Chiefs Manor uh, for your Tuesday afternoon. Again, evening. Feels like an afternoon for me because I'm working the graveyard shift. It's just gone 7.50. and um, I are here with Ian Jones and we're talking all things Chiefs. Uh, the biggest story for the All Blacks who will be selected in geez, not too long, uh, not too distant future is the midfield. That's the biggest mm. uh, debate that's going on at the moment. And I feel like there's a couple of blokes who have put their hand up for, for selection in this Chiefs squad. Uh, Nankerville and Tupaya. Uh, where do you reckon they sit in the in the hierarchy of midfielders? Well, Quinta Pai is I mean, he's, a, he's an All Black, right? So he has to be back in the mix. Mm-hmm. And one thing when you're picking an All Black team, experience counts for so much. You know, Super Rugby form is brilliant, and we can all get excited about you know our individual players who are having barnstorming Super Rugby season. And um, and most Super Rugby players can step up to Test level. What the difference is, though, Manaira, is how they, they handle the pressure, the added pressure of a test match. Right. A test match is, isn't ever the 80 minutes that we see on a Saturday. A test match, and this is often the making and breaking of players, is how they handle the, the, the Sunday to Sunday. Right, the whole week it's all the media tensions on that, right. that one game. So not just the training. But not just the training, but everything is kind of... In Super Rugby, we're all talking about seven games a weekend, right? Right. And you're only worried about kind of... You know, we we discuss all of this, and when the test match, so that's often to me what the difference is, and that's why when we're making our All Black selections, we go back to, for me anyhow, experience first. Uh, has he been an All Black? Yep. Has he performed in the black jersey before? Yep. Uh, then he's kind of back in the uh, mix. Alex Nankerville, you know, we, we've seen what he's done both for the Marco, of course. So he's performed at that the NPC level. Uh, he's performed at Super Rugby level. Then it's a big question, isn't it, from the, the selectors, Shicks, is he going to be good enough yeah. to step up? The one thing i got to say in his favour, and, and when you quick turnarounds like when the All Blacks aren't going to have any warm-up games, combinations, yeah. fire out, mate, combinations are, are, are so, to me, are so much. We were blessed we, in my era that we had Walter Little, Frank Bunce, not only played Chiefs together, but played North Harbour, and then the All Blacks had yeah. a combination. Martin Onu, uh, Conrad Smith, you know, Wellington, Hurricanes, All Blacks. So combinations are fantastic. So, that's, you know, potentially... That's a, that's a mark in his favour. I think so. But then you look at the Blues and they got, uh, you know, well, two of us and they got um, Ioani combination, right? So that's yeah. another kind of... Uh, so... Whichever way they go, Manaya, and they, you know, as I say, most of them will be able to step up. Combinations are the key. Yeah, absolutely. I, we had Peter Alatini in here yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all black midfielder himself, mm. and and he said the exact same thing from his point of view. Uh, that the combination is everything, and for him, he'd go with the Blues boys. Yeah. Um, and that's why, man, I keep getting getting back. We were so lucky in my era with Walton Frank, and we were so lucky in that golden era with Ma'a and Conrad because yeah. these guys had combinations, and we don't have combinations do we not really um, no no so hopefully i mean that's one thing the selectors can look at and yeah. think hey let's just settle on whoever it is the chiefs or the crusaders or the blues we'll take both combination yeah. and, and let's just stick with that yeah. for for a good chunk of time now another story that was just brought to my attention by uh producer ben francis in the last uh, sort of hour or so is warren gatlin yep. has been signed by usa rugby he's going to go over there and coach their team there 
That's a big move. Is, do, you, do you like this for, for Gats? Is this a, a power play from the uh, from USA Rugby? Has he signed or is it a potential signing? Potential signing. Yeah, I think it's just potential signing because I know Warren Gatlin gets a phone call maybe most days, I know a couple of times <laughs> a week from any number of European clubs and countries to say, hey, you know, mate, the guy has got an amazing track record. Mm. You know, and I know people can say what they like about his record with the Chiefs last year and you know, adapting again to New Zealand rugby. But, man, he is, he is coached at the highest level. He's had success at the highest level and he sets a good team dynamic so you know if he is prepared to to go over and it's half the distance than where he used to live in Cardiff right to, yeah, to sure. somewhere in America I know his family's still well, he lives in, in Waihi Beach um, which isn't the worst um, maybe this is a, someone someone with pretty deep pockets in America saying hey if we're going to make a go at this rugby world cup why don't yeah. we put together a pretty good build up Get, get the Eagles playing some pretty good rugby so they get the crowds on board, get some momentum. Yeah, because you've got to say, when we played over there last year, the crowds, I mean, I know the stadiums are ridiculously large, but the crowds weren't incredible over there, were they? No, and, and, and you know, that's not the ultimate for uh, Rugby World Cup to have. I mean, they weren't full stadiums because full sure. stadiums are great on TV, right? And the cash uh, doesn't hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, and the cash doesn't hurt. So, but, and maybe Warren Gatlin just sees that this is a hell of a challenge. Uh, great challenge. A, a very good coach, good friend of mine, a guy called Nigel Melville, one uh, former English halfback, former Wolf um, coach. He went over there and gave it a bit of a crack as well. Peter Thorburn, uh, back in the day, was yep. was the, the the New Zealand selector, was the chief, uh, the Eagles coach for back in the day. Um, so New Zealanders do have a, a track, track record, record in the states, and yeah, you know, that's where Getty wants to go. Um, fair play to him. Good luck to him. And, and I tell you what, Americans have got themselves a, a gem. They could, they, do do worse. they could do oh, worse. They could do far worse. We've yeah. got about 30 seconds left. Uh, the Chiefs are taking on the force this yep. weekend. Your prediction for that one? Oh, look, the, 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 absolutely. It's We've got to get a win. We've got to get five points. You get five points and then you can sort of park that because I talked to Ricardo last week. These, these last two games are like a mini season. Mm-hmm. And then Latoka's it's his own own little game, right? Yeah. You know where you need to sit, whether it's four or five points from Latoka. Uh, potentially, the way the, the game's going to go, we finish fourth. Yeah. But uh, now win for the Chiefs, and then Brilliant. we're into the top four. You heard it here first. Thanks very much for your time on Chiefs Money. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter, or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.